welcome to Don't Worry, You're Enough podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Bennett. Hey friends, Michaela here to tell you about our fun event on Saturday, May 14th. We have a Stan Hewitt Hall and Gardens outing, which we spoke it into existence a couple episodes ago on the podcast, and so now we're actually doing it. So we are super excited, and if you can come out and join us, we would absolutely love that. Again, it's Saturday, May 14th at 11 a.m., We're going to meet and we can tour the gardens um, as a self-tour, take as much time as we'd like to. And we also can bring a picnic lunch to hang out at the beautiful Stan Hewitt Gardens as well. So if that's something that interests you, pack your favorite snacks. Let us know whether you text us or you send us a message on social media to let us know that you'll be there. That would be great. Um, tickets right now are $15. However, if we get 10 people or more, we do get a group discount. So that would take probably 4 or $5 off for a group of 10 or more. And so if you have never been there, it is absolutely beautiful. It's just sitting right in Akron, Ohio, kind of our backyard or front yard, depending on where you are. And we would just love to see as many people as we can there. The gardens are super simple to walk through, so it does not take an experienced walker or hiker to make that trek. And we're hoping for beautiful weather to just enjoy spring and um, good times with good people. So we hope to see you there at Stan Hewitt Hall, Saturday, May 14th at 11 a.m. Hi, Hi, friends. friends. We said it to your Wednesday. We said it together, like twins, like twinsies. We are twinsies. I love it. It feels forever since we hit record, but it's only been two weeks. Mm-hmm. I know. It flies? What? I know. It really does. And yes. and it is funny that, like I said the last time, I'm like, really, the only times that we get to catch up are when we, I mean, we do talk between like texts and things, but For actually sure, yeah. seeing each other's face and talking is few and far between fewer and far between because when you worked from home we were able to marco polo like every day especially when we were doing the living grace walk and love devo last year and now it's like you are back in the office so that kind of limits at least um video face conversation but text it's exhausting i don't want to like i don't want to work anymore (laughs) i know I just am done working. Can I make that declaration into the world? Like, I just don't want to work anymore. You just did. I I can only imagine, like, how hard we were hustling and grinding and, like, doing all the things to, like, get our work days done, whether that was, like, 30, 40, 60, 80, 100 hours a week, whatever. And then the pandemic, so you had about a year, year and a half, two of, like, halt, Mm -hmm. stop where you are and try to survive and now going back it's like i think now there's a greater appreciation or even not appreciation a greater acknowledgement of holy crap this is this was our life pre-covid of how just exhausting it was without knowing because that's what we always did and right. now going yes. back to it i mean you can attest very to, true like, we, did, we did this forever now and we're just being like oh <gasps> How can we go back to the same level and standard that we were cranking it out beforehand? And when I was at the 
manufacturing company, it wasn't as stressful to get to work. It wasn't as stressful to like, because it was such a small company. It, to mm-hmm. me at that time, it didn't feel as stressful, but because of where I'm working now and it's downtown Cleveland, I have to like par- do the park and ride, get on the bus, take it downtown, walk the block, couple blocks downtown to work. It's not that big of a deal, but it's such a shift from what I was mm-hmm. used to. It's such a shift from working or from living out in the boonies suburbs that I live now. Well, yeah. not, not really boonies, but like suburbs that I live to go downtown like that it's interesting the dynamic and the energy that changes from just being downtown like I can't imagine living downtown and having that bustle all the time it would it's it's energy it just zaps my energy so I don't know if that's just Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to number one being alone like you said for a year and a half but then number two also living in the suburbs I'm not used to like so many people being around (laughs) You know, like, if you're just trying to walk to work. It is a change of pace. Yeah. Definitely. So. Definitely. I feel like if I ever could live in, like, the downtown city of something, it would have had to have been, like, when I was 21. Oh, for sure. And wanted an experience. But now it's, like, I'm in a little, like, condo townhouse community. And you're in an apartment building. So it's, like, it's not downtown by any stretch. And it's not we're out in the middle of nowhere either. It's the lovely in between of, hey, I can be in my town in like five minutes, but I'm far enough out where it's like, oh, silence. (laughs) And that's I was talking to someone, a friend of mine yesterday, and he's like, don't you wouldn't you want to live in one of those cool apartments downtown? And I said, yeah, if it was if it if there was no one around. He goes, what do you want? I go, I just want a house where it's quiet. I just want quiet. That's all Mm -hmm. I desire in life is quiet. And I don't know what that is about me. I don't know what God is calling me to. But I'm like, I just desire silence. Yeah. (laughs) And you will find that answer out at some point. (laughs) Yeah. So at some point, you definitely will. I love it. So today, friends, I wanted to talk about books, which is one of our favorite topics. One book in particular. It was a book that I received in a book exchange last Christmas, and it is the same book that I gave Diane for her birthday. So I have only started reading it because, as Diane and I both know, we have 100 books between us that we have still yet to read. (laughs) I have not read the book yet. (laughs) That's totally fine. And I, Mike and I went out yesterday for like coffee at our um, downtown coffee shop. And then we went to a bookstore that's like right next door. And um, the bookstore is called The Bookshelf, but they are in conjunction with Project Learn. And so they support adult literacy in our county. So it's really cool. You buy books and then those funds kind of go to help those programs learn learn to read in different capacities, which is awesome. So I bought six books. (laughs) Did I need them? No, because I have literally six more books that I got from Goodwill like a couple months ago that I, so it's a whole, it's just like, and but good, do not sleep on Goodwill. Goodwill, Goodwill man. Goodwill, you tell me all the time. Yes. And uh, people don't think about Goodwill as like finding really good books, but it's because oh, yeah. people don't know when they're done reading a bestseller, they don't know what to do with their book. And like, there's not a lot yeah. of buybacks anymore unless you yeah. have like a half price yep. books and even half price books only gives you like, you could have spent $30 on a brand new hardcover and maybe they give you 
two to five dollars back and so some people are like "Eh, i'm not gonna bother like going all the way out to a half price books you may not even have one near i don't even think you have one near you so they just are like north said okay so they're just like i'm just gonna donate it and they just donate all their books and then here i go sweeping into goodwill (laughs) i'm like yes 99 cents two bucks it's 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 a steal but it's the only time in life where i feel like stealing is a good thing is when I can get a really good bargain on a book. I don't know. But it's not one of the seven deadly sins, so that's good. <laughs> Thou shalt not get discount books at, at, at Goodwill. But hey, it's there for a reason. So as I've been reading this book, it is called Beginner's Pluck. P-L-U-C-K. For those thinking that I'm saying a word that I shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm not saying that word. <laughs> so Beginner's Pluck. Build Your Life of Purpose and Impact Now is by Liz Forkin Bohannon. And she is absolutely wonderful. Um, We can talk about her at a later date, but she's doing a lot of good in the world. And so she wrote this book a few years ago. And I, like you, we talk about like passion and calling and like what the heck are we here on earth for, like just in general. And then when it comes to uh, what are we doing with our lives in terms of like jobs or careers or honestly like I don't know what the difference between the two is someone will explain it to me at some point but um, so I wanted to read a couple things because she gives such a humorous and interesting perspective to passion and we're going to spend some time in chapter two and the title of chapter two is stop trying to find your passion which that stopped me in my tracks when I read it and I was like (laughs) oh my what tell me tell me more just reminds me of that book the purpose-driven life that everyone was so obsessed over (laughs) i could only get like a quarter of the way through that rick warren rick warren rick warren rick rich mullins i think is a christian singer sorry i was gonna say that sounds very familiar i can only get through like a fourth of that book and i don't know what it was and it was was too dense probably in high school i was probably in high school reading it and it's like not that that was inappropriate but it wasn't the best aged because I'm doing calculus, and I'm like, what What? What am I doing? It's not user-friendly, yeah. So quickly, what... After all, who needs luck when you've got pluck? What many beginners lack in experience, track record, know-how, and connections, they make up in nerve, curiosity, spirit, courage, and a willingness to acknowledge they don't have it all figured out, which are all, as it turns out, incredibly useful in building lives of purpose, passion, and impact. So that's a little bit about what pluck means. So moving right along. So I'll read a couple things. We'll react as, yeah. as one does. So Liz writes, as I left behind visions of literal trophies and awards and progressed toward adulthood, I started to think that because I was clearly not extraordinarily passionate at any one thing, this would certainly preclude me from living an extraordinary life. I wonder if you've ever felt the same (laughs) pang of intensity and shame that comes from recognizing you might be sediment and enjoy a few things, but that you haven't yet found your thing. Yeah. How many times do people say like, oh my gosh, what's your thing? Like, what do you do? And it's, I can't pick or I just don't know. I agree. There's, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't think we ever know. That too. So then she says on the next page, You will never find your passion and purpose because your passion and purpose isn't out there buried like treasure or hiding behind a tree. 
It's not waiting for you to open the right door or peek under the right rock before it jumps out at you like you're playing some cosmically cruel game of hide and seek. (laughs) Passion and purpose are not an object of desire or hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. They are a canvas that is waiting for you to get the first splatter of paint on it. They are a blank computer screen that needs about 100,000 words on it to make a story. And because of math and stuff, you can't have 100,000 until you have 10,000. And you can't have 10,000 before you write the first word. Because isn't that so when you get out of high school and kind of go into college, you're all about finding the thing that you're going to do for the rest of your life. As like 18, 19, 20 year olds, it's like, what the heck do we know? I actually just had a con. This is so funny that you say that because I just had a conversation with a young man yesterday that is a junior in high school, and he is the son of a of some friends of ours. And he, I don't know, it was just this like random organic conversation. And he plays football, and he's you know just a typical teenage boy. And I said something to him, and I go, "Well, you're you know you." you're going, you're almost done with your junior year. What do you want to do with it? Um, I know a lot of adults ask you those types of things. He's like, honestly, Diane, I have no idea. I don't know what I want to do. I, and I said, also, I, he said something about going to like, OU or looking at these colleges and he wasn't totally sure. And I go, you know what? You don't have to know what you need to do in life. You're only like, you're only 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. or however old they are. And I said, and also football isn't your identity. You know, you don't have to, I'm sure his parents are like, oh my God, Diane, don't talk to him. (laughs) But I said, (laughs) like, we need to get him, we need to get him a scholarship. But I don't know. It just like came to me to tell him these things. Like, I don't know if anyone ever had a conversation with him about, uh, you know, you don't, your identity is not wrapped up in the sport that people made you play since you were in third grade. I said, you can Mm -hmm. have an identity outside of sports and you don't have to go to college and play sports. And he's like, I don't think I would play sports in college. He's like, but it's good to hear that, that, that I don't need to have it all. Mm -hmm. You do not need to have it all figured out. I said, society makes you feel like you have to have it all figured out at that age, but don't, he's like, I know, I know, I know. So that's funny that you say that because that's what it reminded me of. That's awesome. And I do wish that I would have had that voice speak into my life of what you just said that your identity is not wrapped up in the sports you play or the thing that you do and for me I was so excited to finally just go and finish my bachelor's and um, finally pursue theater because I was my dad god love him encouraged me to do everything but he was very um he was very passionate about um you know, I want my daughter to be, you know, provided for like she can do it herself. So I just want to give her the tools and hopefully steer her in a job direction where it's able to have steady hours, steady income. She's able to have benefits, put money away for later in life um, and not have to worry about the instability of a job at so young of an age. So I understand back then where he was coming from. And even then it's like, I get it, dad, but I was solely a one track mind. And it was almost too late before I realized that like, Oh crap. Like now that I've retired this September will be four years. It's like, I think I spent the last three and a half years just being really lost of like, who am I without this? 
So Mm -hmm. let's talk to every high schooler we can and be like, it's okay if you don't know. Because I think that would give them like so much hope of like, okay, great. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Because he was like, I have no idea who to go to or what to talk about. Like he was asking me questions because I was a business major um, uh, at Eastern Michigan. And he was like, well, what do I take as a senior in high school? Because I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to have to do all those like college courses pre thing you know pre um whatever they do the the Mm college taking the college courses in high school yeah yeah, I didn't I wasn't smart enough to do any of that and I said well just think of the future of what you want to do and maybe google that that major and see like if if OU is where you want to go look up a sports marketing or sports management and see what the freshman year classes are like like what courses they have to take I said all that's listed online I think or talk to someone Mm -hmm. there and ask I'm interested in OU what do I need to do it was just funny that that had come up and then you (laughs) were talking about that it's not you know like this happens all the time to me and you so yeah. But but like, in regards to yeah. passion and what what you're saying in term in terms of that book, yeah, of course, is like it's that whole concept of like you just have to take the first step. You can't absolutely or like there's that phrase of like which is a terrible phrase of like if you need to eat eat the elephant, you have to start one bite at a time, which is so gross. Have you ever heard that? The, the, I I wish it was not an elephant. That I know they were it's so to, but it, I but there yes. the concept I think in is the like sense of like. It's so the big. Giant. Yeah. Yes. But I'd it's... rather eat a cake. <laughs> I don't know why. It's... I think they're just saying because of size. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she also asked a couple questions in this book. Instead of asking what we are passionate about, we simply asked, what am I interested in? Which I feel like that sounds totally. way easier than it is. And and like, remember during the pandemic, like during 2020 and 21, you and I were talking about that all the time. We're like, what is our passion? Because when you read all of these books, which is refreshing that she's saying that, because you read absolutely. all of these books that are like, go get it, girl boss, what are you doing? You know, all these really gross phrases personally, where it's like, yeah. you need to hu- that hustle mentality of like, you need to hustle and you need to get everything. You know, it's just this like, go, 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 go. Um, screw everyone else. Like you, you're the best. You can do all this. You need to be passionate and driven and all these things. And it's like, I don't know. There's just something in my personality that's like, I don't know that that's me. Uh, mm. I don't know that I, ha- and I remember having conversations with you long, uh, quite a bit about like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't have uh, one thing that actually was helpful. And I, cause I knew we were talking about this topic was I was, you know, I have, I kind of record some of these quotes that I'll, I'll write down some of the quotes that I've heard that have come up. So this must have came up during that time. But mm-hmm. there were two things that I wanted to say was like, one of them was your calling is when your burdens and your talents collide. Mm. I don't totally mm-hmm. know what that means. Like when your burdens, it, it says your calling is when your burdens and your talents collide. Mm. I I've heard I wrote it down for some, for, uh, but so maybe I don't totally know what that means when your burdens and your talents collide. Well, let me read. Let me read another quote by um, I think his name is Friedrich Beechner. 
very similar to what you just said. The place God calls you to is the place where your deepest gladness and the world's hunger meet. Mm. So maybe it's not your burdens, but like. No. Because I guess that's where I I was getting confused. Yeah. So I think of. I think of like service of like, hey, I want to I want to help people. I want to help people um, either learn or heal, get better. So then it's like, okay, what what makes you happy when I'm able to teach people something? Okay, maybe an educator is where you're supposed to be. Like that's that's a um, there's a hunger out there for people of all ages to learn and to grow. And if you feel happy and and fulfilled by like teaching then there you go or even I want to help people I want to help people you know heal and I'm interested in medicine okay great go off and do so I think it's that kind of thing um it's where the there's a need and your talents collide is your calling is where you see need and your talents collide that's what makes more sense to me than that actual quote yeah and but again everyone says it so um like high and mighty it's like can we just have it in layman's terms please Mm -hmm. um so i'll just read kind of one last thing here she says passion and purpose are built over time with consistency and courage and commitment and pluck interest will suffice for now it's in the simple work of being interested and the brave work of exploring and the sacred work of trying and failing and trying again where passion and purpose are not found but built brick by brick, step by step in our vocations, in our communities, in our families, in ourselves. It's not for you to discover or find the straight and narrow path of passion that you can extend into the future. If you can see the path, if it's relatively straight and narrow, if you have a pretty good idea about how the story ends, then it's not your story. As Antonio Machado reminds us, traveler, there is no path. The path is made by walking. Yeah, so that makes more sense to me of, of what she was saying before. Like, you're not gonna, just going to lift up a rock and there's my passion and my purpose and my direction. That you just have to that's... have interest and and yeah. just get started. Like, what are some, like, you know, make your list or what are some things that interest you and, and do that path. And then maybe that's not going to work. And so then you say, okay, well, what, what else is going to do? It's not just this, all of a sudden, I'm very passionate about blah, 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 you know? Yeah, because I'm thinking as I read this, and even what people have said when we're like teenagers transitioning from high school to college, or even like college to the working world, how can you be passionate about something when you don't know what it is? <laughs> you don't know enough about it to be passionate about yeah. it. It's like, I can't be passionate about things I don't know. That's where I think passion I and know. talent are two different things. I think passion I and talent are two different things, and they keep getting mushed together. So yeah. I love to sing. That's that's my talent, is I love to sing. But it's not my passion. You know, I'm not taking that, you know, it's something that I just love to do. But I'm not taking that and being like, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, the one thing that bothers me is the only is society our friends and family whatever the minute you're good at something or you have a talent for something people constantly want to make it a business yes correct i mean it's just correct. always they want it's like can i just run a podcast mm-hmm. can i just do a podcast with my friend michaela because 
we just like talking to each other. Some people may hate it. Some people may love it. It doesn't matter. It's solely, we do not need to run ads. We do not need to do all these things. We're solely doing, like our purpose for this is just because we love doing it. It Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that gets pushed on kids a lot is like, well, you're really good at football. Okay, well, then you need to become like, it's always the And also your passion doesn't have to be your business. 100%. I think, I think in Annie F. Downs' latest book, That Sounds Fun, that came out last year, I think she might have talked about it in here. Because one of the like subtitles was and why having a hobby is so important. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you said, have hobbies that don't make you money, essentially. Um, maybe your hobby is something that makes you money, whether it is the full-time gig or whether, you know, like summer is coming and there's going to be so many like artisan shops and farmers markets like popping up all over. So maybe, maybe you like a hobby and can make things, whether it's jewelry or crafts or, you know, food and, and sell it. And that's a hobby, but it kind of brings in, you know, something supplemental. It's just fun. It's for a season, but yeah, it's like, I loved theater. I knew I was passionate about it. Part of me asks, was I even talented at it? Or did I just love it so much? <laughs> I think about matter. that. It's like, was was I even good? You know what I mean? But that's Because I figured out. I, I guess. Um, but it's like, you see other people that are kind of in the same, like, field or whatever as you, and they're like, holy crap, like, their passion can feed an army as far as, like, they have so much sure. gusto. And it's like, to to continue that thing, like, 24-7 is exhausting to me. Um, and it, I, I, like you, don't like the words, like, hustle or grind or, like, because then you're just running yourself into the ground and, like, are you taking the time to enjoy it, whatever that journey is. And it's, I think if we rethink, you can't be passionate about something until you find it. And then when you find it and kind of marinate over what it is, then you like it. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you be passionate about a food you've never tasted? And I don't know if I've, I mean, the only thing I'm very passionate about is cake because I'm watching a lot of like Netflix baking shows. Um, and every and rightfully so. I tell Mike, I want to make cake. I never do because that's calories. I'm passionate about it. donuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I but don't, I like yeah. like I'm passionate about cake and I don't know if I'm a talented baker because I haven't spent the time. I'm very passionate about eating it. You know what I mean? But it's like, do I need to like go on a cooking show? Absolutely not. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I think, and that that's that's what happens a lot. Is people become really good at baking. They're like, you're really good at making cookies. You should make this a business. It's like, do I have to make it a business? Can I just love making cookies for my friends? And yep. you know, I don't know. That's Maybe it. that's just where I am in my life that I just am exhausted at the thought of hustling, and and that just might be my age. Um, that just does not sound enjoyable to me. Like, I mean, I feel it too, and I'm not forty, so I think it's I think it's like who you are and where you are in life, and like you're finding out through working super hard. Work is not the only thing that there is. Is it a vital no? Yeah, exactly. Part to help you do X, Y, and Z. Of course, not going to deny that. But when you make it all that there is, then your identity kind of gets subconsciously wrapped up, and there is so many other things to enjoy, like spouse or you know partner or family or hobbies you like to do. And I think Annie's whole thing in her book was. 
you don't have to make money with every hobby you have and the hobbies that you do enjoy them enjoy them to the fullest in whatever capacity you choose to do them in or and find find a new hobby find mm-hmm. something that interests you because i think now that we've spent the last you know year and a half at home and then the last like six nine months venturing back out into the world we've kind of put down whole old hobbies that we haven't been able to do as regularly or we've adapted new ways of like hey here's how i work out or here's how i do this and you know what if we just had more grace for the time it takes to figure stuff out because at the end of our lives it's like we're not going to get scored on how many passions we had and how many like you know what i mean it may be not quit. that it doesn't mean anything but it's yeah. not going to be the thing and maybe quit pressuring your friends and family on things that they're good at. <laughs> yeah. You know, like just identifying things that they're good at and, and, and just let's just remove that, that hustle mentality from, I just don't like it. And, and maybe it's, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but, and, and nothing against people who are hustling, but I have a feeling deep down inside, if you were to interview all of those people and said, like, is this actually enjoyable to you? I'm going to guess that they're really struggling. Mm-hmm. Or there's like a deeper meaning as to why they're going why so they're hard. hustling. Exactly. For fear, for fear of whatever. Um, yeah, so let's just encourage people in their hobbies. I think my new hobby now is not necessarily reading, but collecting books. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a collector, so I should just start a library. Uh, seriously, I want a library like Beauty and the Beast with like the sliding, yes. like the sliding yes. ladder. That would be awesome. I, I think yes. the, the summary of what you're trying to say is, is, is really helpful to my brain, too, because I it's we're constantly trying to think about what is our purpose what is our purpose what is our purpose and it's literally just once one day at a time you know just just find the things that you love find the things that bring you joy and just literally one day at a time so yeah and you might try something that's like oh this might be of interest and then you try it and it's okay if you give up after like a day or a week or a month and be like you know what I think I, I, my like, my like for it is in a, in a, in an appreciation of it, not actually mm-hmm. like doing the thing. Um, and that's okay too. It's kind of like everything we do, we have to like run with it. And it's like, no, you can, you can walk with it for a second and then be like, thank you so much. This is not for me. Put it down and then keep walking until you find something. So what are you interested in? Let's just start there and then build something, something great, like a bookshelf to house all our books. <laughs> my 1100 to be read books on goodreads all right have a great day (laughs) all righty bye friends okay bye hey friends thanks for joining us for this week's episode be sure to subscribe so you never miss a moment of anything fun be sure to follow us on social media at don't worry you're enough you can send us a message at any time we'd love to hear from you and we will see you next week